What's up, everybody? It's Ernest Dixon. This is Coffee Break with Ernest Dixon. And I have with us, uh, Kendall has snuck in again, y'all. She just won't let, it's it's going to be the Kendall and Ernest Coffee Break for season three, I guess. Uh, she, she's back in yet again. I, I, I tried to tell her uh, that, no, this is not the Ernest and Kendall show, but uh, she's my right hand, so I, I might as well uh, have her in. Kendall, you know, I, sh- I feel like I should play the little clapping hands. <laughs> I was going to start it off with some music. I, w- I was listening to someone's podcast and they had some music, but then I was worried that Spotify may not play the, the podcast because it had music and I feel like I needed to have this whole statement about we don't own the rights. I was like, you know what? We're not going to even worry about that today. But I, I did. Uh, I did get up this morning. It was freezing, uh, about 37 degrees. Uh, and But I got those miles in. I put on about two pairs of socks and um, three shirts, two pair of pants, some gloves, a hat, and a hoodie. The Bloxy hoodie to be at that. <laughs> so I was just like, but I, but I, I did my five miles and, uh, you know, that was good. Hey, Jonathan. So um, that's that's always a plus. So I, I mean, I guess that's fine. Listen, everybody who is listening or, or will be listening uh, to us on um, our social media, especially on our Spotify uh, playlist, shout out to Spotify and thank you for hosting us. I have my former boss uh, and still good guy, best friend. I think Wade actually lives at least eight minutes from me, maybe six, but uh, he has uh, graciously um, decided to join us for a coffee break with Ernest. And uh, I'm excited to have him. So Wade Grant, who's the Information Security and Data Privacy Officer for the Mississippi Department of Education. Welcome to Coffee Break. How are you doing? Thank you. You're doing great. <laughs> doing great. Thank you for oh, having me. Well, I'm glad to have you. Uh, it's uh, a long time coming. I felt like, did, did I have you for season one? Do you remember? No, I, no, we never got an opportunity yeah. to do it. I try to get you in, but it never happened and, and so yeah. forth. But anyway, well, you look good. You're, Thank well, you. Now, I want to be honest, compared to your picture and then now, I, I'm like, did you decide to wear this similar suit? It just changed. <laughs> <laughs> I just planned. Um, yeah. Well, it, I, I just came from a meeting at uh, Mississippi uh, um, Emergency Management Agency, so I had to dress up for them. Well, we're glad that uh, the shirt and tie, I've kept my my um, pullover on. I mean, I've showered and uh, shout out to Mississippi State University. You know, my alma mater, I'm going to put, you know, I, I repped them. Uh, I was going to put on my Bloxy shirt, but it wasn't long sleeve. So I just decided it, it, it'll be okay. Uh, I should probably send a little message to the CEO. Listen, we ordered the polos. Can we get a long sleeve in there as well? <laughs> I know, really, <laughs> at this time uh, of the year. I think it's going to be cold at least until February. But we'll see how Mother Nature decides to work. Wade, tell us a little bit about what you got going on. Um, uh, every, for people who don't know, Wade, um, actually, um, Vicksburg One was a, uh, my, my former uh, boss, we were at Vicksburg One School District, and he was our uh, Director of Education Technology, and I served up under him. And uh, he's one of the reasons why Boxy was brought into the school district and uh, recently changed positions. So uh, this session is going to be more of a data and security uh, talk, some tips to help 
other mm-hmm. um, technology directors and listeners. So I hope that you have your listening ears on, but I also hope that you have some in your cup of coffee. I have tea. Oh, I know I was supposed to tell y'all. Okay. I know this coffee break. I mean, every once in a while, I put in some tea. Now, I got to be sick to have tea. I haven't had coffee in two days. Now, you know something got to be wrong. Shut up, Kimba. Uh, I got Bigelow. Uh, Bigelow tea. Uh, Yeah. It's uh, lemon and ginger herbal tea plus probiotic supports healthy digestion. It's caffeine-free. It's all natural. It's really good. Uh, I went to the uh, Ace Hardware store, uh, uh, Wade, and not too far from our uh, where we where we live. And there's a lady who sells uh, jars of honey. Mm-hmm. And I, oh my goodness, when I say I think it has to be the best. Like I've gone in the store and they got Mississippi honey. Uh, for people who didn't know that I was from Mississippi, <laughs> it, it happens. You know, my both I have two dialects, so it just depends. Some people say it's three. When I get mad, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but anyway, uh, she has some good honey in those jars. Now I've tried some other people's, but it's light. It's good. And uh, that's what I put in my tea this, this morning. Just a little honey. Maybe about two tablespoons. And um, somebody saying right or, or a lot, but two tablespoons and one little tea bag. Say you got to let it steep. For four minutes, so it's still steeping. I left it in there. I don't feel like it's gonna hurt anything. If if I accidentally choke on a lemongrass or a ginger root during the session, uh, Kendall take over since you want to be, since you're here anyway. No, anyway, but wait, I talked enough. Let the people know about you. Uh, share some information. Then I'll pop out some questions and and stuff like that. And uh, thank you. Shout out to all our uh, attendees who joined the live, but all our Spotify listeners, you know we love you too. But wait, take it away. Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. <laughs> What why you here? What's what's your position? Give us give us give us give us the give us the details. Okay. Well, um, so I've been back with Mississippi Department of Ed since August first. Um, this is actually my third round with the Mississippi Department of Education. Previously, uh, I was working as a network engineer for Mississippi Department of Ed, where I started back in two thousand, January first of two thousand. Um. And uh, worked as network engineer, left after about three years, went to Corps of Engineers as a contractor, came back to Department of Ed after a year, after that contract was over, uh, been to ITS, uh, which is the state IT board, and then um, got called by my hometown, Vicksburg, to, uh, to consider taking the position of technology director there. Uh, which I did that, I believe, pretty successfully for seven years. And then uh, this position, this role at Mississippi Department of Ed came back available. And uh, I had learned a lot of lessons from working at the district level that I felt I had needed back when I was at MDE originally. I actually had a couple of PCs tell me when I was there originally, hey, you know, your your ideas are, are great, but you don't know what it's like down here. You don't, you've not been in our shoes. Well, after seven years of learning everything that being in their shoes for a while, I feel like I've gotten a lot of those lessons learned. And I, now I'm able to take that and place it at uh, at this level and see things from their perspective. 
um, my role to the agency is as the information security and data privacy officer. Mm-hmm. My role to the K-12 community, to all the school districts in the state, uh, is more or less as an advisor uh, to help them with their security profiles, as I like to call it, to strengthen those profiles, to take best practices, and to help them when there are incidences, when there are data breaches, help guide them through that. Because I, I have been through a data breach at their level before. Mm-hmm. And exper- experience that, and and know what to look for, and know uh, know how how disturbing and scary that can be. It's a very scary thing, and uh, you know through uh, through a process that we are building of advisory processes, uh, and then worth working with partners in other state agencies. I feel we we're in a much better situation now. Um, to, to, to build the cybersecurity community out within the state of Mississippi um, and to build out a, a, a good plan for, uh, for helping the districts beef up their own plans and to be ready for when those events will happen. So uh, just a little background on Bloxy. Uh, I'm going to give you all <clears throat> a good shout out because uh, I will say this. Um, in the years that I was at Mississippi, I mean, at uh, Vicksburg Warren School District, I don't think we could have accomplished uh, nearly half of the things that we accomplished had it not been for Bloxy. Um, wow. it, it was really uh, the right technology at the right time in the right way. And wow. uh, so, yeah, big shout out. What tips would you give somebody? Because, you know, people are going to listen in, even our technology directors who are new. What, what are some tips and some, some things that you would maybe give them, just give them some advice? Um, listen would be the first piece of advice, I would say. Get out there and start uh, formulating advisory committees uh, or advisories, people that can uh, be trusted partners at the lower level. Everything from the teachers, especially y'all, start with those teachers. Start with those teachers because they're your frontline agents. Yeah. Uh, get their get the word uh, from them, and um, and then partner with your students and your uh, out outside parent parental uh, staff. Uh, one of the nice things when we first did our one to one, I like to tell this story because it's true and it's one of the coolest things that ever happened to me. When we did our first one to one handout, where we actually handed out all of the Chrome, we went with Chromebooks handed those out to um, the students at our two high schools, our two primary high schools. The very next day, I had a parent come in, and he wanted to turn in the Chromebooks to me. And he wanted to explain the reason why and that he was withdrawing his students from the school district. Mm -hmm. And I I said, um, you know, so what's the problem? And he said, well, if you go, I know that if you go and block something, for whatever complaint that I have, uh, there will be other parents who don't agree with that and will not want that blocked. Uh, so, you know, we, we've got a problem here. And, and I was like, no, tell me what these sites are. And they were like CNN.com and Pinterest. He did not want his kids seeing those sites for some reason or another. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, no, 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 let me 
show you this parental portal that we have. And we also, you know, I showed him the teacher portal at the time and everything else. And I was like, you know, you can go in and block things that for your students that we don't block. And he yeah. was like, that parent was at the very next board meeting. And he basically just gave me a shout out to the board, to every one of the board members uh, about the technology that we're using Bloxy. And he was pretty much at every single board um, uh, meeting that involved budget discussions. Mm. Because anytime, whenever we did a public, our public budget announcement, he was there to make sure that I got funding for Bloxy. Mm. He was... <laughs> He, he turned out to be my best at one of my best wow. advocates. So, wow. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I tell that story that um, maybe I didn't tell everybody, but look, I remember I was in a classroom. I used Bloxy and then Wade came and stole me. That's, that's my story. I'm going to stick to it. Uh, and then I joined and learned more about Bloxy and the ins and out of it. And it has, um, I mean, just the student safety components and, and but the, I mean, the teacher component definitely my favorite i mean i used it for six years but when i switched into working in the technology office and then getting a chance to uh add more sites uh that need to be allowed or blocked or use some of the youtube filtering uh and, and again the student safety was one of the i i remember wade and this this may be oversharing but having to go into logs to like pull some records because a, a kid had created uh, an account uh, and was requesting money. Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was crazy. Um, <clears throat> and so just, I mean, to, to know the, the, the capacity and what the product does, mm -hmm. how it helps and benefits the school districts, I, I still, not just because I work for the company, still think it's one of the top of the line. And I would still be the evangelist for the company, even if I didn't work uh, for it. So uh, I just want to tell you, thank you for mm -hmm. what you do did and what you're still doing on behalf of Bloxy. Now let's hop into your position because I, you know, me and you talk, you know, we talk. Mm -hmm. And um, some of the things that you shared about data privacy and security and some things that people are doing um, with their work emails or, or, or so forth uh, shouldn't be done. And, and not knowing that um, you're putting yourself in risk. Yeah. You mind elaborating a little bit? Well, you know, it's been an issue in the education community. Uh, you know, uh, education is not as well funded as it should be. Right, let's mm. just put that out there. It, there, there always needs to be funding, but funding in the right places. Right. Um, and for some reason, you know, teachers, especially, uh, there, there are two things about teachers. One, they, they love to use the resources that they have, uh, that they have already. Uh, and so they may not always be willing to adapt to or adopt a new platform. You know, getting a teacher to go from a Mac to a Chromebook is a big, uh, heavy lift heavy. Uh, and a very heavy lift. And in some cases, you know, each teacher has their own reasons. It may be a productivity that they feel like they're more productive in a, in a Mac environment or yeah. whatever. Um, but regardless, uh, teachers put themselves unknowingly at a risk by using their personal devices. Uh, for work reasons. Um, 
teachers handle a lot of PII data. And if they're accessing that PII data from their own personal devices, then the issue comes up that um, if and when that device is compromised in the course of the investigation, if that device is found to be um, the source of the compromise or has additional data that leads uh, or helps in the investigation, anything that's discovered on that device during a, uh, an investigation has to be turned over, you know, if it's, wow. if it's found to be, um, you know, nefarious in some form or another, yeah. it, it has to be turned over legally. Uh, it's a part of this, the discovery process. Uh, in addition to now you're, uh, you're out as far as your device, a personal device, um, and, and you're not able to be productive on your own personal side. Uh, you know, I, so that's why I believe that school districts, when it comes to um, security, they need to provide their educators and their, their uh, educators and instructors the tools that they need for the job. Mm -hmm. And that way, the educators don't feel obliged to mm -hmm. use their own personal devices. You know? yeah. uh, it's, it's one of those things that uh, we got to just start thinking about where we spend the right money in the right places. I agree. Uh, and, and devices are definitely the right places uh, to be spending that money for our educators. So, you know, there's, there's those issues that, that come about. And... Um, it just, it, it's, it's going to be hard for some folks to ad adapt to that and to learn um, those rules, but, or those, the new world when it comes to that, but it is what it is. So now, even in your position, and I'm, and I'm kind of shifting gears uh, back and forward here, uh, student safety, do you, do you do anything in that uh, realm? Uh, well, are you, are you advising anything in that realm? Advising, yes, student safety. You know, there is a component of, of advising that. Of course, we got to deal with SIPA compliance. And I believe that, uh, you know, SIPA compliance is student safety. I mean, it, it really is. The, the, the more and more that you, um, because a lot of safety is tied back to behavior. And, mm -hmm. and uh, the more we're able to monitor the, the browsing habits of our students and staff and and uh, kind of turning their heads in the right direction mm -hmm. and staying on task, the less and less we're going to have, uh, they're going to have less time to to go and mill about on the wrong sites. I, I so, agree. yeah, so that's that's what uh, that's the direction, you know, and, and a lot of the role that I'm doing is, like I said, it's more of advising and it's mm -hmm. not coming down with the hammer down yeah. but um i do believe in the near future that uh as more and more of the upper level uh federal government and state government start to recognize that browsing behavior is going to um be a big indicator of the the cyber security issues that you're going to have um that you're going to start seeing more and more monitoring and reporting uh, of, of not just the student level of their student safety, but also at the, at the um, administrative and, and uh, teacher level, just, just so that uh, they have those reassurances. Let me put it that way. 
I got you. That that uh, their funding is being spent properly. So what what made you interested in 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 this type of field, and and what would you recommend to those who kind of got in the field uh, need to obtain or learn a little bit more? So uh, education, uh, educational security, uh, and just uh, security in general has always been a, a field that I've been interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that um, what, since not young, since I was a kid, really, because I, I you know, um, I grew up in the IT business. Well, in the in the in the technology business, and when at an early age, you start to see um, issues in technology and how it can be used for nefarious purposes. It just it it just uh, pricks your brain at an early point, and you you really wow. you know. So um, I would say always be curious and always question what is the real reason for this information. Uh, why are these questions being asked? Is there really a need to hold on to this information? Those are the kind of things that, that need the, the hard questions that need to be asked. Um, and who's who's asking? <laughs> That's you know, it it all starts with um, not necessarily not trusting. You're going to hear over the next couple of years uh, the 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 words or the phrase zero trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, spouted about over the next couple of years because that's the model that most organizations are starting to take when it comes to cybersecurity uh, and, and exposing their profile to both the public and the private side, you know, who their users are as well as anybody else. Uh, and it's a great position to take. Uh, but, you know, documenting, verifying, and having an actual plan and learning those processes and plans. Uh, and procedures, those policies, uh, that's that's where it's all going to start. That's where you really need to start is learning. It's not necessarily the technology itself. The technology is like any other tool. It's just in how you use it, if it's the right tool for the right purpose. Uh, it's building those, the scaffolding and the skeleton uh, of all your policies first and building that firm foundation uh, is, is your first steps in, uh, in understanding uh, security in general, information security. So listen, in that same thought, because I, I'm mm-hmm. just thinking, you know, at, at some point I thought that I wanted to hang on, tell no story, might as well not, it's my, call, it's my podcast. I wanted to uh, be a director of technology. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have all the skills just yet to want to do something like that, but you know, way you walked into that position, what were some of your hurdles? And then again, you, you've kind of shared, but uh, elaborate a little bit more on, you know, what are some of those first processes? You know, there's some certifications that you need to kind of look at. Um, you know, did you go, you go to school for it or uh, anyone who wants to just ramp up, you know, their knowledge ab- about it, uh, would you recommend them take some or look at some courses from Google or, or you know, that, that's where I'm kind of more so leaning towards, you know, we have a lot of new technology directors uh, that we see who join in with Bloxy and even helping them to learn about the Google admin console and providing those resources. But uh, a few people don't, you know, they, they, they 
I don't know, there's networks out there or other mm-hmm. communities for them to join. But what, what, I mean, what were some things or what, what some real kind of advice in that type of sense to kind of help a few? Uh, so in, in a technology director position, um, a lot of it is more project-based project management based mm-hmm. solution. So really, if, if I had to do things over again, in addition to my bachelor's degree that I do have in, in uh, computer information systems, I would consider getting a project management certification simply because in that role, you're, you're, you're taking resources and trying to combine them in the right ways and at the right times to meet the needs as necessary. Yeah. And, and a good organizational understanding of how your organization is, is laid out and where the information flows, that, that takes a lot of project management understanding. And so, you know, I, I've always pictured that as being a, a, the, the ultimate goal. If there's a cybersecurity project management type um, certification out there, I'd love to find it. Because that's really, you know, that's that's really the, the the goal is to coordinate the resources and put the right pieces and parts in the right place. Yeah. Uh, the technical skills, um, you know, at that level and at that role, it's not really a matter of you knowing how to do things. It's a matter of getting the right people and the right resources in the right place to do those technical to have with those technical skills accomplish those goals you need them to do okay you know um it's really about understanding the flow the processes within your organization and Mm -hmm. where to put put the technology in to fill the need so it's you know that's kind of my take on it Um, there there were a lot of things that i could not do uh even today uh that but because i hired the right people to do yeah. those, fulfill those, those goals. Uh, it worked out really great. You know, I, I agree. I, I, I was telling a, a, a former, not you, but another boss of mine. Uh, and I wasn't bashing or anything like that, but I told him, I said, you know what? Uh, you hire great people. And because you hire great people, your department uh, will continue to flourish. Things mm-hmm. that you may not know, you've gone out and you've searched for a person who is good at that particular skill set mm-hmm. and are the best at it. And so you allow them to work in their autonomy. And, and the end result is that you, um, everyone's on, everybody comes on top. doesn't matter what yeah. position that you, or title that you hold. As, as a team, you, you're all accomplishing uh, the goal that's necessary. And so I, I, I would agree with, 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 with your statement. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the biggest issue that I encountered at that level was finding the right skilled people. And when I wasn't able to accomplish that, you know, naturally, you know, you you have to consider third party outsourcing. And uh, when that time came, you know, you start reaching out to people in the same role in other school districts and asking, you know, which providers, third-party providers are you utilizing? Who's the best? What's your experience with these? And and start to feel, get a feel for the market and bring in the right people for the right uh, right positions. So if, if you would say, um, let's just say from last year to this year, um, 
your technical skills. How, what skill set would you have? Would you maybe say that you've grown um, in more knowledge in this position that you're in currently? Oh well, a, a, a knowledge of information flow mm-hmm. is probably where I've grown the most, mm-hmm. especially since last year about the needs and wants of the different program office areas of what information they actually need. You know, just because you collected social security numbers for 20 something years, doesn't mean you need to continue collecting social security numbers, especially when that's one of your, uh, your largest targets for uh, threat actors to pull yeah. uh, for PII. And uh, so, you know, understanding what the flow and the needs of those program offices. So it's, you know, uh, data governance. Uh, and it's, I'm, I'm really leaning on a, a lot, our current data governance manager to, to, to help me with some knowledge uh, building on that and building the policies and procedures around that uh, to make sure that the information flows in the right directions and into the right hands, the correct data stewards and the data owners, uh, so that we don't have uh, as big of an exposure uh, when, a, uh, when a data breach does occur or data leak, as I like to say. Because mm. now you're, you're starting to see in the market, it's switching more and more from the large data breaches, which they still do occur, to more of what's called a little, I call it a data leak, Mm -hmm. where a little bit at a time is being let out, whether it be somebody shooting an email with a social security number in it, uh, or, or just something as simple as leaving the wrong printout on the wrong printer or fax machine for too long, you know? Uh, those kind of things need to be addressed and you address those with policies and procedures. I agree. Same thing. Yeah. Classroom management one-on-one. That's, that's, I talk about that all the time. Look, if you don't have no policy procedures room, we're in trouble. Right. Uh, So I I have like a little wish list Mm -hmm. uh, in, in my occupation. And so I kind of, I'm going to put you on the spot, but if, let's just say the technology director had uh, a wish list and they, they could have five things or, or five maybe vendors um, that you would maybe recommend for a school district to check out. Mm-hmm. What would, what, what, well, what would those five? And not the, shutting them out. We're not trying to, uh, no, you know. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say the first thing that you need uh, as a technology director, is an executive level ear that will let you have the power to do your job. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you need to have the ability. That's one of the first things I asked my superintendent when I started there is I'm going to rock a lot of boats. I'm going to change a lot of things. And in order to do that, I need to be able to say no. So that when um, you, you have a principal in my particular case, the first two weeks I was there, I had a principal call me up, wanted to know why he couldn't take his money and go to the Walmart and buy a bunch of the cheap laptops that were sitting on the shelf that he had a need that needed to be fulfilled quickly. And I told him no. Yeah. Well, he wasn't used to that. 
Uh, he was not used to that. He went to the superintendent and the superintendent said, I'm giving the technology director the, the ability to say no. And if he says no, there's a reason. And so that would be the first thing that I would acquire <laughs> is some ability to, for within reason to, to, to structure and take control of the situation. Um, four other things that I would recommend uh, is get a handle on your, your data, data structure as far as the inflows and outflows. Uh, so some, some type of data governance utility you know, uh, understanding and organizing where the data is stored and, and making sure that it's secure and backed up. Uh, so definitely a good backup solution would be, you know, number two purchasing solution I would, uh, I would look for. Uh, even if it's cloud-based, even if it's cloud-based, if, if you've made the switch from local servers to, to in the cloud, uh, there are backup solutions for that cloud environment and you need to have them because by default, you know, Google only recovers up to like 90 days, I believe, mm. uh, of, of files in, 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 in Google drive that you can roll back. So you want a cloud provider that if you've got some document that was created a year ago and got deleted 180 days ago, you need to be able to recover it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, some type of backup solution. Definitely some type of endpoint protection mm -hmm. in, in response. Um, I love the idea that, okay, if I have to have some Windows clients, well, and, and teacher, high school teacher takes their device off on vacation with themselves and they get a, a malware loaded onto their machine or sent to them for whatever uh, ransomware attack occurs. Well, that machine through the correct type of setup with an EDR endpoint detection response should automatically brick itself based upon the monitoring and the, and the artificial intelligence that stops that malware and that ransomware from spreading. So, you know, um, that would be, you know, a number two. Um, you got, you got two more to go. All right. Well, yeah. three. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, Classic, you know, monitoring of your network, monitoring of your, your infrastructure, having someone there that can, can repair it within a, a reasonable period of time. I like to tell people education is unlike any other industry in the simple fact that the first time that you relate instructional material to a child is the most important time. Because the first time, think about this. I see, I see the look. Think about this. Yeah. Think about um, you, everybody has this one thing in the back of their head from their educational experience where they say, well, I never was really good at X, Y, or Z. It could be, uh, I was never really good at division. And it was probably because that during the time that that teacher was relating that material, the very first time they related that concept to you, well, there was Brother Ernest over there acting out in the middle of the classroom, and he distracted you, and you missed out on that first impression, which is the most important time. So when I say, I'm saying all this to say that your infrastructure for your networks and your broadband needs to be built strong enough and resilient enough to where it stays up and running the moment 
eight o'clock, that bell rings on Monday morning till five o'clock Friday afternoon. It's up and running and it's, it's there. It's working all the time. So definitely invest in your network infrastructure and monitoring and verifying and being able to have a resilient network infrastructure. Um, to that end, um, power, making sure that you've got redundant power systems and power solutions. Uh, if there is any one thing I wish that we would start considering putting in, in our schools is backup generation generators for at least the primary areas of our schools. Because um, one, they could be used for disaster situations. Like if there's, you know, uh, we need to use the gym to house a thousand people or, you know, their houses got all blown away or washed away. School districts could, could add to that, especially if they had generator backup solutions. So power, UPSs, don't, uh, don't ignore those. That, yeah. that baseline infrastructure is and making sure that that's up and working all the time. Like I said, from eight, eight Monday morning till five Friday afternoon, that is so important. That's so important. So that's the areas I would consider. I love, I knew the last one. Uh, well, at least when you started talking about it and, and I, I started smirking, I was like, yep, I, I, I knew that was coming. And I, I, def <laughs> I definitely agree. We did a lot of work and you did a lot of good work in, um, in the Vicksburg One School District. And so I'm very excited exactly to see what you will continue to do for the Mississippi Department of Education um, until retirement and then after that, because I don't know what you what's what's the plans, but I think you're a wealth of knowledge and uh, others um, who who look for someone, whether that's for, through consulting or uh, advisory committee or just chat, uh, definitely think you're with another so that's why i know i had to bring you on to the podcast because i was like you know what who am i going to get to do this even though in on this moment i tried to get you last year and then i had an opening this year but i still felt like if i if i called and you were free that you would do it for me so i'm very oh, very Anytime. very it's speaking of being thankful it's um Hey, y'all, all my listeners, y'all, we have like two episodes left. Season two came and went. I was so excited about season two, but it was like, what in the world happened with time? And I did the same amount of episodes that I did last year. I think I may did one more extra episode, but we're almost done. Uh, literally, two, uh, December 7th and December 15th. Listen, if you're not liking us on any of our social media, please go and follow us on social media. But as we wrap up, Thanksgiving holiday is coming up. Wait, are you doing any cooking at your house? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, we're we're uh, we're big on Thanksgiving. Um, about a half hour after everybody finishes eating, there's a nice eerie quiet sense within the house because everybody's <laughs> passed out from the the food comas. Uh, so yeah, we're looking forward to some good, to uh, good Turkey and sweet potato casserole. And yeah, my mama's, um, uh, my mama's chicken, um, uh, recipe has been put out there for all the family to, to pull from. And we're, I think we're going to start competing to see who, who does the best, uh, chicken and dressing. So, uh, oh, we'll see wow. Okay, this is on my podcast. I don't think she listens to my podcast, my mom. I think my dressing is better than hers, but don't tell her that I said that. 
She hers is good now. I think the last time I went to her house, it was really good. She she takes Ritz crackers and put them in there. I'm just like, no, no, we're not putting Ritz crackers in there. But I go to Kroger's and get the little stuffing mix. And after I make my cornbread, I put that in there. But you know, maybe she's 70. And so maybe that's what she had at that time. Maybe she didn't have the stuffing box. And it's still good, but I like my stuffing box because it adds some extra seasonings and things that um, I don't normally kind of put in there or I may forget. So I'm excited. My my, my kids have asked me, uh, are you going to make dressing? And, and so I've said yes. And literally I had someone over to the house and they, were, they <clears throat> asked me would I make them a pan of dressing for Thanksgiving. So I'm making two. I think I'm more excited about making uh cabbage greens mm. i i put the smoked neck bones i know this turned into cooking real quick but it's okay it's it's a it's it's a conversation um yeah anyway so i put my smoked neck bones up on the broiler and then i put them in the instant pot so that they can become translucent you know just well not translucent mm -hmm. but so that you know all of the seasons can lock in there then I add my cabbage greens. I chomp them up and I put them in there. And boy, I tell you, by the time they come out of that instant pot, and I, I don't even know why I decided to do it that way. But yes, and, and I'm a fan of broiling uh, meat. Like my turkey goes up under the broiler. I'm going to cover it and season it. I'm going to put butter on it. I'm going to season it. But it's going up under the broiler and get a few charm marks and things like that. And then I'm going to cover it with foil and put it in the oven. So my kids like when I make um, turkey as well. So I don't know. I think I have them spoiled. But I, I really, 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 really enjoy uh, cooking. Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving is going to be really good. Uh, we're going to go to my mom's house and, and eat with her. But uh, as I told her, I said, she's like, are you going to make, are you going to do a lot for you? I was like, well, you know, when you go to your house, because I won't stay at your house all day. You're going to want something at your house. So I'm going to just cook a little something, if, hopefully. People pops up at my house all the time because they're hungry. And so, but <laughs> I, I don't plan on cooking too much. L literally, my spiritual parents have, have budgeted so that uh, they could pay for parts of my grocery bill because they come over here at least three days out of the week and eat at my house. So it's, it's really kind of funny, but I'm excited to uh, do that. Kendall, what are you cooking special for Thanksgiving? I am in charge of the macaroni and cheese. You make good make, macaroni and cheese? I make really good macaroni and cheese. What do you put in your macaroni and cheese? I've shared mine so you can share yours. So what I do differently, I boil the noodles as you know most people do, but uh -huh. I get one of those really big um, foil pans like uh -huh. that you put a ham or a turkey in. So I do two bags of noodles, put it in the pan after they're done boiling, drain the water, put it in the pan. The pan's full of butter, put some butter over top the noodles, and then do two bags of sprinkled cheese. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing dairy, because we have some lactose friends, so we're using the cheese as the only true dairy product um, and throw it back in. So I mix one bag of cheese with the macaroni and then do the next layer just on top and then throw it in the oven 400 for 20 minutes. 
to where the top layer gets crispy. And that's my macaroni and cheese. I don't, I would have to try it. I, I think I have you beat because uh, I'm a, I'm a northerner, a Yankee and a Southern boy. Uh, we believe in making rules. And yeah. so you, you have to have a little flour and a little butter and everything and add your little milk and so forth to it. A little salt, a little pepper, a little paprika. I do a lot of seasoning in mine, which also makes it, but I don't know. It's not like a creamy type macaroni and cheese, uh -huh, uh -huh. but it's definitely a cheesy macaroni and cheese. So you're getting a good amount of cheese, but it's for my lactose family. They can have, <laughs> they're able to eat this. <laughs> substitution could you use? Butter. Right. You could try some goat cheese. I try the, well, we use the, it's not real butter, whatever, not the, Margarine. The crock, whatever. I know what you're talking about. I use a lot of that and okay. it kind of gives it a good consistency. So it's not like just the cheese mixed with that makes it the creamy, but it's not the dairy that'll kill the. You know, I've, I've started watching um, Tabitha Brown. Shout out to her if she's listening. Uh, but she does the vegan uh, foods and um, she uses a substitution when she does the macaroni, when she makes macaroni and cheese, because she has a lot of dairy and, and a whole bunch of other uh, allergies as well. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, you should maybe look almond milk. What about almond milk? What that? Uh, I don't, mm. the flavor, it's nasty. Any, like, I'm just there, throwing something out there. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Uh, Jonathan's online. Maybe he cooks and, and he knows. Uh, Lactate, and that's okay, but. I, instead of how I mean it's still good and creamy it's not like it's just I don't know you'll have to have it it's good I'll, I'll next time I'm down in your area I'll have to see wait what are you about to say you do you cook a dish for Thanksgiving that's just mouth-watering well you know we we we're big on desserts in my family we do uh, a thing called two things two uh, desserts one called butter roll it's a croissant that's covered in I'm sorry. Is a handmade croissant like from scratch? No, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Okay. <laughs> but reg regardless, they're croissants that are covered in this sweet, gooey, um, uh, sugary sauce syrup. Uh -huh. That is just you know we we layer in honey in that, um, and it's just uh, wonderful. We also make a thing called boiled cookies, which is an oatmeal, peanut butter, and chocolate mix. Now my daughter's really good at making this stuff, and mm. uh, and she learned that from my mother. And so you know, uh, traditionally too, I will say we get pralines about this time of year from my aunt uh, out of Baton Rouge. But um, I have come up with a macaroni recipe, macaroni and cheese recipe that, Kendall, you might want to consider some goat milk cheese for your, and I know that sounds strange, but uh, goat cheese is really, really flavorful and it adds a different dimension to the macaroni and cheese. And then my wife makes this pepper jelly that traditionally we put it on like Ritz crackers and some uh, cream cheese on the Ritz crackers. But last year I had a jar of that at the office 
and we had uh, went back at the school district and we had some uh, mac and cheese and I took a big old heaping spoon of that and put it on top of that macaroni and cheese. It was awesome. It was, I just kind of started on and it was really good. That pepper jelly that she makes is just, it's, it's a wonderful experience. (laughs) I just uh, need a taste. small a small jar. I got. I'll I have, get you a jar this year. Thank you. <laughs> a small jar, and then if it's real good, then I need a huge jar for Christmas. Okay. Uh, FYI, the boys have already asked: uh, Are we getting a Christmas tree from for, for Papa? G? Papa G. <laughs> Papa G needs to bring him another <laughs> Christmas tree. Yeah, they're like, uh, is Papa G bringing another Christmas tree this year, or are we gonna have to go get our? Oh, we were looking at trees the other day. And Zach saying we can't get one yet. Papa G got to bring. It. So I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta let him know that he got he has to bring the tree. I don't know how, but anyway, just FYI, I should okay. just let you know that, okay. uh, that 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 your boys have have deemed you Christmas tree getter. So okay, that's, that's I'll see fun. what I can arrange. <laughs> We'll appreciate it. <laughs> well, listen, as we wrap up, because we're gonna we're gonna go get out of this thing. Um, one thing that you're thankful for, and um, Kendall, you can kick it off and then we'll 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 go and break this thing. Well, I'm gonna be kind of corny, but I am thankful for you and for the opportunity that I've been given with Bloxy. Um, this has been an amazing experience. I really have enjoyed what we offer um school districts for their monitoring piece and it's just been a new page in my book um, that I'm proud of and just the happiness that it has brought to me um, I'm very appreciative of well thank you I'm thankful for you as well go ahead Wade (laughs) well I you know I'm always going to say default to thankful for my family but I you know I, I feel like sometimes you have that family that's outside, you know, you, you've got your friends that might as well be family. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, Ernest, uh, you know, having a, having a hand and, and helping all my friends and families over the years. Uh, it, it's, that's what I'm thankful for is the ability to, to, to help people and, and, and move things forward. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm thankful for. Well, I'm thankful for love. And and the reason being is, you know, there's a there's a lot of people who you you may not like. <laughs> True. You know I, mean? I mean, you've been down that road. I mean, they, they have actions or it's a certain amount that you don't like, but it's somewhere in you, you still love them, you know, and, and that's where I've gotten to. That's a part of me. I, I had a dream the other night, and there was a person who I said I would never speak to again in my life. Uh, but I could see just as clear. I say, Lord, not a premonition or not, not, not one of these things. Don't, don't have it where I'm seeing what will happen before it happens. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, no. And so, um, but then later on, as I was walking, I was like, you know what, if that happens, then, then fine. Um, because I'm just, I'm grateful for love, uh, grateful for people who that, who loves me. And for those who uh, I love back, you know, and if you don't love me, then that's fine too. But I still, I believe in, I believe in love. I, I, I do. Um, and try to show and share it with others. And I'm not going to be uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, mm-hmm. about that earlier. <laughs> you know how we talked about that earlier. It's like, look, I'm not the Grinch. I'm not trying to, 
no uh i i i really want to kind of uh it's kind of it goes it's corny it is corny but i believe in what bloxy says it's the spark you know it, if i could catchphrase that i would but that spark means so much um in you know in in our job of course it talks about sparking curiosity in the classroom in the school district in the community but in someone's life you know mm -hmm. Um, and then with the season and being the season that it is, then we who are spiritual believe that, you know, Jesus is the spark. And so I'm just, like I said, I'm just grateful um, and, and thankful that I'm able to share the love. And, and then I'm also going to be thankful to uh, 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 cook and eat some good meal. I didn't watch this Ole Miss versus Mississippi State game. Y'all pray for me because I'm going to be. <laughs> You, I mean, you, if if you follow the SEC, you already know you 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 you've watched the teams. You know who's good. Um, and then this week here, there's a lot of just school matchups for the second round playoffs. And so uh, this, this is going to be interesting. This week here, next week, uh, I've been getting really into football, and so I don't know if I'm going to be the same way when it comes to uh, the basketball season, of course, everyone, you're the Laker or you're the Steph Curry, you know, Golden Warriors. But I'm excited to see a little bit more competition um, this year. That was a fella, um, maybe at Memphis Grizzly. I can't remember, Moet, or I'm going to mispronounce his name. Forgive me, fella. He's amazing. And so I think I may take me a trip to go and see him play live. And of course, the New Orleans uh, Pelicans, I've gone to see them once and they were they were amazing as well. So I don't know, maybe about maybe two games I'll try to go and actually uh, physically see in the spring semester, but we'll see what happens. But anyway, listen, wait, thank you so much for taking the thank time you for having me. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the conversation. I think everybody who's listened, who listened in, who joined the live, and then everybody, all, all our friends on Spotify, and that's a lot of listeners. I didn't know that we get so many, so many views and so many uh, listening ears, but I'm so grateful to each and every last one of you. I want you to know from the bottom of our heart here at Blocks that we're thankful uh, for every view uh, that builds up our analytics. Uh, it gets us seen a little bit more on the Spotify uh, podcast page. Then it just makes me uh, excited about what new things we can do uh, for seasons to come. And listen, if you thought season two was something, uh, season three is going to absolutely be something. We got a few games and a, a few things that we're going to ship off to people. And there may even be a new little spot uh, versus these virtual backgrounds. So just, just hang in there with us. Uh, we're excited. December 7th. We'll be back. So next week, we're off for the break for Thanksgiving. And I hope that you spread that love and, and have that time with your family. Uh, eat turkey, corn chin, whatever you cook, duck. I heard somebody do a ducking uh, or something like that. Never had it, but, you know, maybe one day, but it's not in my, it's not on my menu for this year. But anyway, turducken, turducken, something like that. Perfect. Anyway, yeah, them. Uh, <laughs> but have that time with your family. But December 7th, don't forget about me. Come back. Guess what? Brooke Lowry from Fried Technology is going to be here with me. She's one of my absolutely, words cannot describe how I feel about her. When I was in the classroom and I, I do y'all know how to pin a tab uh, in your Google browser? Listen, did not know how to. I did not. There were so many tools that Brooke showed me 
when I left from teaching elementary to the middle school and I was teaching digital media technology, I still have her slide, her, her presentation. She is going to uh, have so many tips and so many tools and tricks uh, to share with us and just kind of how she got started and, and what the company is. And I'm excited about her. I really am. I, I'm, I'm so excited to have her uh, who's going to join us uh, on December 7th. So listen, don't stop listening, but take a moment and have a coffee break with me. I'm Ernest Dixon. Until next time, everybody, have a wonderful Wednesday. Peace out.